0: Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, Tim and Julie Harris broadcasting live from just north of Austin, Texas, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. So listen, guys, um, another huge hurricane, this time headed towards Florida in the Caribbean and all those parts of the the world. We have coaching clients all over the Caribbean. We have coaching clients in Florida. We have coaching clients in all those uh, Gulf Coastal States areas. All that area is going to probably be affected by another uh, Category 3 or hopefully not anything more severe than that storm. If you 're in that area, if you are listening to us right now and you're not and you're basically you know some of you many of you i don't know if you knew this Julie, but people in southern Florida are leaving the the state is basically saying, "Get the hell out and so they are so much so that the traffic outside of Southern California is jammed up on the free i'm sorry southern Florida, Florida. is jammed up yeah. on the uh Freeways leaving. This is all normal hurricane crap. But if you're if you're in an area like that and you're not leaving, I want you guys to go back and listen to the series of podcasts we did on what to do when disaster strikes. We did these last week. You guys can easily find them. Just go to timandjulieharris.com and just put in the word disaster. Just you know, search for that word and you'll find it. Or just go to iTunes or go to Stitcher and just scroll down and you'll see the stories or see, see the podcasts they are labeled very clearly. The reason I suggest you guys go to the site is because on the site, like if you listen on Stitcher or on iTunes, you're just getting the audio portion of the show. But if you go to our main site, timandjulieharris.com, you're getting um, really usually most of what we use as our outline for presenting to you guys every day. So there it is. So our hearts and our prayers are with all of you. Hopefully it's not as bad as it was in Texas. Um, And, uh, you know, be on the lookout. And remember, even in times of strife like this, the best mindset is to be of service to other people. But first things first is make sure your own house and family are squared away and secure. So, Julie, we are going to talk about something. um, And, again, this is another uh, show that's been motivated by our listeners. And it is essentially rules that you must not break when you're trying to scale, when you're uh, trying to add staff members and trying to form a team. So we have ten points, I think ten, right, Julie? Yep, you got it. And so, we're, these are 10 points that Julie and I put together. These are essentially, you know, we have. Tons of coaching clients with teams that are wanting to grow teams. We have a lot of folks that come to us that have teams, basically form teams and realize that essentially they were unprofitable and now they're trying to get back to the point where they have some financial sanity in their lives. And so they're downsizing their teams. We've had a team when Julie and I sold real estate, so this is a conversation we're very versed on. And what we decided to do is cut through all the bullshit like we like to do for you guys, and we're just going to get to what we see as the ten biggest mistakes that agents make when forming teams. We're just going to cut through all of it. You guys could just write these points down, and as you're forming your team, you, don't, you can avoid all these very, very common mistakes. But before we do, Julie, I, I think you have quite a few people you'd like to acknowledge, existing members, book reviews, things of that nature.
1: Yes, and these are all quick and direct and to the point, but very much appreciated as well. Uh, recently from S. Frey on uh, Amazon regarding the Harris Rules book, Um, writes, I've been in in the real estate business for over 14 years, and I got a lot out of this book. I think it's a great read for almost any agent, regardless of where they are in their career. Pick it up, read it, and most importantly, implement what you learn. Success will be sure to follow. I really appreciate that, and you're echoing what we always say. It's only as good as your implementation, so get cracking. And then another great one from Bev Gallegos. She said, I've been a client for a few months, And i have listened to most of the material, but there was something about reading Harris rules that lit a fire under me. I'm more committed to doing what I don't want to do when I don't want to do it at the highest level possible than I ever was before. That rule alone can change your direction in life and business. What a great read for any entrepreneur. I couldn't put it down. So thank you for that Bev. We really appreciate that and you too have to get to implementing. I'm glad it lit a fire under you and I hope it does under everyone. And We just like to visit some of those reviews from time to time and say thank you for that. And then, of course, over to Facebook, a lot of great discussion about marketing new construction. A lot of our premier members have new construction projects. Projects that they have listed in there in various stages of completion. So, Janice Stevens has a great conversation going on with several of our other clients about how to market something that is just a you know half built or a pile of dirt or some you know stick built things that you know not every buyer has the same kind of imagination that we do uh, being in real estate all the time. So that's a great conversation. And then a couple of people looking for accountability partners on the Facebook page. So get on over there if you too are looking for that. And I think that's that covers it. So back to you, Tim.
0: Maria Marti, uh Marta Juarez, Julie, is going to respond to your email today she had a very interesting question i'm going to read this to you guys just because most of you in the country won't relate to it and i think it might be funny just so you guys can get a perspective on the fact that the country is huge and the whole markets are different hello tim and julie i'm going to uh, get directly to the point god bless you for that and it's concerning about the fact that i have three listings and none of them are moving forward i just got one more from a neighbor and one of the uh and it's, that's the gist of it and have an appointment next week for a new listing i'm very concerned about what to what i should do uh, i'm getting frustrated one of the one of of the listings I have, there is a similar house, similar price range. Already, so you guys get the gist of it. She, get, she gets into the weeds a little bit with more detail. So, Maria, Julie's going to be following up with you. But here's the interesting couple of takeaways that I want you guys to get from this. What Maria is experiencing is probably what one would call a normal market, where there's an even supply of buyers and sellers. And in markets like that, you have to know to price. You have to know how to price well. But most importantly, Maria and everybody else, you have to have skills in place to get prices down if the market changes. So we do not ultimately set the prices for listings, frankly, neither do sellers. The buyers do. So there's a lot of education on Premier Coaching, exact scripts and techniques and systems, very drilled down, very easy to understand and practical, uh, essentially systems for Maria and everyone else. When you take a listing, what the expectation is, the conversation you have with the seller, when you're, you're laying the groundwork ahead of time, when to get price adjustments and all the rest of it. Um, So, Maria, it's not an easily answered question, obviously, on our podcast. So What I want you to do is I want you to listen uh, for the email or look for the email from Julie and also consider joining Premier Coaching if you have not done so. So, Julie, why don't we jump right in?
1: Yes, you got it. And I probably will just call her, but we will probably do both. So, yes, always here to help. Now, we're talking about why is it that real estate teams fail sometimes? And it would be interesting to see the statistics on – if anybody tracks how frequently that is, but I think it's quite frequently. So here's a fact. Nobody ever plans to fail, but lots of people fail to plan. Whether you're a team or running a team, check yourself on these top reasons that teams fail. Probably you're not committing all 10 sins, but it only takes two or three to cause a team to fail. And if you have a combination of several, well, it's pretty much doomed. So let's be careful about this. Point number one, why do teams fail? Well, this is perhaps the most obvious one from a coaching standpoint. No lead generation, poor lead generation, inconsistent or unpredictable lead generation. Nothing happens without leads. A team is not viable without consistent listing inventory. Know your magic number. How many listings must you have at all times to meet or achieve your income goals? Now. Here, there's a couple of embedded mistakes there. Maybe the team leader has always known what their magic number was to achieve their goals, and then they hire two or three buyer's agents, and they don't revamp that number. They don't change things to support the team. They've hired people to maybe take some appointments off their hands, and that's great, but with that, takes some of the income off of their hands, and they're still doing the same deals and making less money. Does that make sense, Tim?
0: So we're going I'm going to enhance that. Just and I mean, Julie got yeah. to the point, but I'm going to add to it. Uh, just slightly and we 're going to talk more about this actually a lot of our future point, our other points are going to be around this very thing. The idea that you 're um, having um, assistance essentially buyers agents work for you and that they 're not lead generating is disgusting okay so and my lead generating i mean literally generating their own business literally going out and doing open houses the modern incarnation of teams and this isn't the way it's always been of essentially a bunch of hungry birds in a nest waiting for a worm to be dropped in their mouths by you is not going to work you're not going to make any money you're going to piss away all your money um, and basically trying to feed these buyers agents most buyers agents are buyers agents for you because they don't who are frankly, because they just want to basically go someplace where they don't have to lead generate and they can just be handed leads. I get that's the current paradigm, but that business model is not going to work. And here's the bottom line reason why. You guys, again, go to timandjulieharris.com and listen to the interview we did with Mr. Steve Murray, arguably the industry's expert on basically valuing real estate teams and real estate brokerages. He essentially validated what we've been saying for years, that most real estate teams make far less than 15% net profit. His uh, number was around 10 or 12%. And so to drive this point home, that means if a team makes a million dollars in commission, the team leader, most of you guys listening, wanting to be team leaders or have teams and you're wondering where all your money is going, it's on average, the very best you're going to do with a team that's generating a million dollars a year in commission is $150,000 profit to you before uh, taxes. And that's all sides. That's the listing side and the buy side. So don't be skeptical or try to overanalyze. These are the real numbers. So- in most cases, I can't even think of an example where it wouldn't be true. If you're running a business, if you're running a real estate practice where you have a margin that's, you know, ten to fifteen percent If you have a slow month, if the market craters, if there's a slowdown in the economy, if interest rates increase, if mortgage things, if anything changes, and all of a sudden your business slows down, you're going to have fixed costs that you're going to be obligated to pay. It will not take any time whatsoever for you to start burning through your personal savings and essentially have some serious financial problems. We have seen this happen four times in our real estate coaching careers as the cycles change. So some of these big teams that have all these hungry birds that want fed, they are going to be screwed as soon as the market starts to change unless they change their relationship with these people to who are their assistants in essence. So the bottom line is what we call smart teams, and a smart team, everybody leads, generates. There's, here's a simple analogy for you guys. There's people. There's a boat. You're the you know captain of the boat. There's people with oars, and then there's people that basically are sitting there watching the people doing all the work that have their oars in their hand. Everybody on your boat needs to have an oar in their hand. There cannot be no riders. Everyone has to basically be rowing. No riders, all rowers. In other words, every single person who's working for you has to be generating revenue. That includes your assistants, your assistants, your admins. They can be doing BPOs. Every single person working for you must be a revenue generator, cannot be a rider. Everyone must be a rower. So keep that in mind as we go through uh, these added points. Point number two, The team leader doesn't personally have the skills, systems, or scripts mastered which they are attempting to delegate to team members. And I would say this is relatively a a modern, current phenomenon. Like in the past five years, we see a lot of agents who literally do not know how to prospect themselves, do not know how to lead generate themselves, do not know how to basically be competitive with going after business really don't have their own skills. They aren't at a master level with their skills. And they think that in order for them to be successful, they have to form teams. They don't realize that by forming a team, when you don't actually have master level skill set, when you aren't really, really a kick-ass salesperson, your team members are going to eat you alive. The buyer's agents will eat you alive, and you will not have the cash flow, and you'll make an increasingly – or a decreasing amount of profit to your business you must be able to run your business based solely on listings. And after you've built your business around listings, if you want to add buyers agents, that's a different conversation. But if you think that you can build a listing based team or I'm sorry, a buyer's agents based team and make a profit, I'm sorry, but you're just plain wrong. That is, that is a simple fact based on actual math. So if you don't believe me, go argue with Steve Murray because he validated what we'd seen from our yeah. own analysis of this for the past you know 15 years. So that's the moral of the story. So every team leader or someone who wants to be a team leader, game smells game. And if you hire people to work for you, they are going to need constant care and feeding. If you think that you're going to hire – Uh, sales assistants to work for you, buyer's agents, and you think you're just basically going to walk away and do less work because you're not working with the buyers, if you think that's the case, you're going to be shocked when you discover that oftentimes you're going to have to spend more time in your business, not less time in your business, if you follow that very trendy business model of hiring an army of buyers agents and then you know, buying leads from Zola and everybody else to try to feed them, because you are going to be constantly playing whack-a-mole with are you holding, are you holding them accountable to their leads? You can put great systems and tracking in place, you can do the most best sort of analysis and drill down about who's more efficient with this, who's more efficient with that. But if you don't have the skill set personally to jump in there and help them fix their problem, then you're basically going to be wasting money. You guys get it? So there's really cool systems to go out there and say, you know, buyer agent A is able to convert 50%. Buyer agent B is able to convert 75% of their leads. You know, what are you going to do if you don't actually know how to do the job at the highest level when they have problems? You guys get it? They're going to smell it. They're going to feel it. They're going to sense it. They're going to see it. They're not going to stick around with you. You then have just basically seeded your newest competitor who knows all your strengths and weaknesses. All of our coaching goes back to the power of being a listing agent. And I think if you guys have been long-term listeners to us, you know why, because it only makes sense. Working with sellers is mental work working with uh, buyers is physical work. Trying to build a profitable biz- a real estate practice around buying buyer leads and feeding them to buyer's agents, guys, is an exercise in futility. Please remember I told you that. Julie, what's point number three?
1: Yes, number three, the team leader is not just delegating, but they are obfuscating not following through, and actually confusing things instead of clarifying. To obfuscate literally means to cloud or to darken, to cover up. And a lot of these team leaders, you know, they'll basically throw leads out everywhere. They'll forward voicemail. They'll say, check my text and my email. And they'll just basically check out without any oversight. And it actually kind of wrecks the team instead of puts it together and clarifies. That goes back to not having any systems, that goes back to weaker skills, and it's a mess. And, you know, you and I both talk to people on these teams, and they're like, well, I don't really know what's going on, I just, you know, I get what I get, and sometimes it's good, and sometimes I'm supposed to prospect, and I guess I'm supposed to do an open house, but I don't really know what's going on because I haven't talked to my team leader in a week. It's a, it's a mess. And so it doesn't take long for that to become a financial disaster as
0: well. And for the team leader mostly. Yeah, for the team leader Especially. mostly. So there's a great there's a great Ronald Reagan quote uh, called uh, "trust but verify," and that's essentially an iteration of the point Julie just made. So you guys should all write that down and remember it. Trust but verify. That means you can delegate, but if you don't follow through and make sure it was done to your expectations, you're just you're a fool. That's the bottom line. You can trust but verify, and you have to verify everybody. Every single person you ever hire to do anything, you have to verify that it was done correctly. Oh, Tim, I'm not a micromanager. Well, you're gonna fail then. I have never met in the in any book I've ever read, other than these trendy sort of motivational bullshit books that you guys hear about, that uh, it, the most successful people in the world are massive um, micromanagers. Okay, I know it's not trendy. I know that there's you know the mo- in the modern zeitgeist about business and, and all the rest of it. You know, you're supposed to model not being a micromanager. That's total bullshit. You, you look, you can put systems in place that basically manage people, but that doesn't really take it to the next level, does it? Think about this. So I gave you an example earlier of tracking the efficiency of a buyer's agent. So a lead comes in, you, you know, buy a lead from Facebook or whatever, Zolo. lead comes in, you have five buyer's agents, you know, you know this one is able to convert this many, this one is able to convert this many, and this and the other thing. Okay? So what? Who cares? It's irrelevant information. I mean, what difference does it make if you don't actually do something with what the reports are telling you? In other words, that's where – Julian, I always say this, and it's true. It's actually more work to manage people you know, than it is actually to be, focus on being a powerful listing agent. That's the reason we try to gear you guys towards the you know, perfect clarity that comes from focusing on being a listing agent. So you can have incredible reporting on the efficiency of your sales funnel, but it makes no difference if you're not willing to jump in there and actually end up basically being a boss and micromanaging the process. Like you know, let's say buyer agent number one, they, they're, uh, you, know, you give them 10 leads and they're selling three or they're selling one or they're selling none. Well, buyer agent two is selling two, and selling. you've got to go in there and find out what's going on. You're going to have to listen to their calls. You're going to have to role play with them. You're going to have to basically follow up with the customers that they claim that they're calling back. You're going to have to see, get blind CC'd on their emails to make sure what's being conveyed in an email is what you expect. You are going to have to be a boss. And being a boss is a shit ton more work than being a kick-ass listing agent. An unbelievable amount of work compared just to focusing on being a listing agent. Seriously, guys, it's a completely different can of worms. And the irony of it is is that when you start to form a team, and we've given you the math on this, when you start to even form a brokerage, and brokers out there, I, I feel your pain um, and you guys want to call and talk with me about it? I'll tell you the ways to basically restructure your business so you can start making more than three to five percent net profit. Just email me at tim at timandjulieharris com. But for you know agents out there, who is a majority of our, our audience, the best. Business out there, form of a business is definitely being a listing agent. And when you're a listing agent, you have leverage. When you're a listing agent, I mean, it, Julie mentioned the magic number. And you guys don't know what we're talking about if you're not long time listeners, if you're not coach, uh, premier coaching members. You guys have got to know your magic number. Simply put, it's the number of listings you need at all times to exceed your financial goals. All, essentially, it's a number, everybody has a number. If you have a high average sale price, like our friends in Hawaii, you might only need five listings. If you are in some area where the average sale price is like 225 you might need 30 or 40 listings at all times. But knowing that number gives you a sense of freedom and direction that just essentially buying buyer leads and trying to scale a buyer's agent-based team will never give you. Now. Again, we people love, our competitors love to say, Tim and Jilly are anti team. That's not true. We're anti unprofitable team, right? We're anti Anti teams where the people that are actually. That's right. We're anti you guys going broke. We're anti you guys being screwed financially when the market changes. That's what we're anti. We're anti bad business practices. We're anti people not building their business around being of service to others and having profit as their primary objective. Profit is your product. That's what we're anti. We're certainly not anti-teams. So, Julie, what's the next point? Yes. So
1: speaking of which, point number four is pretty clear. There is little accountability, if any, There's no team meetings. There's no numbers reporting. There's no where's your next appointment? Are you on track ahead or behind of your goal? They're just kind of thrown to the wind, very little accountability. And I think that that does go both ways, Tim, to your point. I think most team members, probably all team members, are happier when they know if they're winning or losing. If they know they're playing the game right, they're given scripts to follow, the system is the solution is the common answer on teams that do very well because everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing and how they're supposed to be doing it and if they're not doing it they know that they're falling down and potentially are going to be fired so accountability is a big thing now the funny thing that you and I always talk about in coaching is everybody says they want accountability
0: so they're <laughs> nobody held does
1: and then they hide That's out right. so you know there's yeah, some multiple a- layers of this go ahead
0: but isn't that funny? I mean, just if you let's just let's just drill down on what Julie just said because it really is where the rubber meets the road. So you have a team, let's say, and you have somebody that's screwing around, and but you don't want to hold them accountable, do you? You don't want to have the, maybe you don't know what to say, maybe you don't know how to say it, maybe you don't want to get in an argument, maybe you're conflict avoiding, maybe you have no idea of basically what your maybe their expectations or what the expectations you had of them aren't isn't clear. They're going to try to obfuscate. They're going to try to say they didn't understand. They're going to do everything possible to try to slime out of you holding them accountable. That is what it's like managing people. That is a reality. So you can have as many systems in place that are giving you actual, analytical, factual, spreadsheet-type information, but it doesn't really matter if you're not willing to do the work of going out there and basically holding somebody accountable. And here's the funny thing, and this is, I mean funny as in disgusting, but still it's kind of interesting in today's business culture again this trendy business culture that everyone you know they want to talk about their team's culture they want to talk about the team's mission they want to talk about passion they want to talk about all these bullshit terms that don't mean anything why don't they mean anything because here's what happens you guys have people working for you They're not doing a good job. They're not meeting your expectations. But your culture is where you have a very accepting and kumbaya, and everybody supports each other in their goals. But all of a sudden, you're the one. They're going to take advantage of you. They're going to complain that the leads suck. They're going to complain that they don't have enough leads. They're going to complain about you're not spending enough money. They're going to continue to try to soak you dry. And every time you try to hold them accountable, they're going to act like little snowflakes and basically say, this isn't our culture. We want to be this, is a, this isn't the team environment we want to be part of. In other words, what happens is, and you'll quickly discover this, weak people often will hide out in teams. Weak people who don't want to be held accountable will basically hide out. And the more dysfunctional the business is, the more dysfunctional weak people you're going to have because you're not going to know, or you're, maybe even if you do know, you're not going to fire them because you yourself, you are not a strong manager. You're not a strong boss. Now, Can you grow to be? Yes. Can you learn the skills to be? Yes. Can you put the systems in place? Yes. Can you go through all that effort and work? Yes. Yeah, you absolutely can. You can build a business that turns out hundreds, if not thousands, of real estate transactions per year. We've coached agents to do it because that's what they wanted to do. Now, is that the smartest and quickest way to make the most amount of profit so you can basically take that profit and reinvest it and become rich? Hell no. No. The simple fact is, is when you look at the most successful agents in the country, and we've had many of these guys who are superstars, we've interviewed them, the most successful agents in the country, and again, I get it, that this goes completely against what everybody's told you, or what you might be reading, or what the latest motivational speaker is telling you. The most profitable agents in the country don't have teams. They might you know, have two or three assistants. They literally have people that are focused all their energies on taking listings, they're not building these big, scaly buyer's agents uh, businesses because there's no profit in it. Now, there are examples where if you have a really high average sale price where the numbers can make sense, but in those businesses, there's not enough uh, volume. And if the market changes, then the volume all dries up and you're stuck back with this big, huge amount of fixed costs. So, look, guys, we are advocates of you guys forming teams, we're advocates of you guys scaling your business and producing some revenue that might not require your direct interaction with the buyer or the seller. But we are not advocates against all the lying that's being spread around by virtually everyone else other than Julie and I about the profitability of teams. Do you guys notice that nobody talks about that except Julie and I? Oh, well, yeah, they'll tell you how to add buyer's agents and how to add systems and tracking, how to add this widget and that widget, and how to buy buyer more buyer leads and build lead capture websites and do a Facebook and all that. They'll teach you all that. But none of them are going to talk about profit. Have you ever asked yourself why? I just told you why, because there isn't any, or there isn't enough. And if all of a sudden they had to be honest, maybe they don't know to their credit. Let's just say they don't know. But if they, if they did know, and they're not telling you that they know teams aren't profitable, and they still tell you that, you really got to w- ask yourself why. It's because they're invested in you guys forming teams. When you're part of the big brokerage and the brokerage is putting pressure on you to form a team, what they're doing is they're delegating the shittiest job of being a broker, the hardest job of being a broker, which is recruiting new agents. So if they have 100 agents and they can all of a sudden start putting pressure on those agents to add licensed assistants, that brokerage then starts to expand off the sweat of the agents who are out there doing the hardest job, which is the recruiting. I mean- that is what happens the unfortunate part is from the broker's perspective those teams require more resources those teams require essentially uh, higher splits generally and you're actually going to end up making uh, less net profit the most profitable real estate brokerages the most profitable agents that we've ever come across that you'll ever come across are focused on being powerful listing agents that's how they have their businesses created you guys, listen, we're going to give you more information, five more points tomorrow on the biggest mistakes that teams make. Please listen to our information. A smart man learns from his mistakes, a brilliant man learns from the mistakes of others. We're trying to save you guys the, you know, essentially the, the mistakes that so many other people have made. In, in forming teams, and adding staff to your business. Do it smart. Stay profitable. And guys, look, with that profit, you can reinvest it. Our definition of rich is very simple, where your money works for you, and you no longer have to work for your money. The only way you're going to be in that position is if you're making a profit. You guys <laughs> understand where we're getting around here, what we're talking about here? So look, I really appreciate you guys helping make our book the number one bestseller on Amazon. I really appreciate you guys le- you know, helping make that happen in less than three days. If you've not yet purchased Harris Rules, please go to Amazon and do so, and we'd love it if you give us a review. If you guys need a free coaching call, just go to FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. If you'd like to email Julie and I directly, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. We're getting a lot of requests for speaking events. We're getting a lot of requests for brokerages wanting us to come in. We are interested in exploring different opportunities. If uh, if you'd like to email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com, but also on the About Us section of TimAndJulieHarris.com, if you click on About us and you go to the bottom all of our speaking information is there if you want to check it out okay you guys have a fantastic day we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow this program has been a presentation by tim and julie harris real estate coaching for more information on our real estate coaching and training programs visit our website at tim
1: remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming
0: shows and until next time